Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be dispelling myths about past lives, highlight where cultural bias might be pointing us in wrong directions, and discussing how to work with past life experiences to convert them into current life wisdom. There are a lot of ways information about past lives can reach us. We can remember them in dreams, have past life regression, spontaneously remember them as children, retrieve them via ceremony or medicine-induced altered state or deep illness, have a reader read them out for us, re-experience them via the Akashics, and much more. The issue isn't in accessing them so much as understanding them, as well as the bigger picture of why we're remembering them now. It's always been interesting to me to see how little people in spirituality care about the source of these experiences. There's an assumption some authority or being or ultimate wisdom is causing this to happen for an often inscrutable reason, which we may or may not be able to eventually fathom. Therefore, our part is not to question why, but to work with the experience of reviewing a past life once we've had it. However, just like any other communication, the being who is communicating things matters. If we've just escaped a natural disaster and a doctor or fireman or marine tells us we're safe and everything's going to be okay, this is something we should be able to trust and rely on. If it's said by a comedian a known con artist, a social media influencer, or a politician from another state, then the information should be suspect and possibly ignored. As with all things, consider the source is wisdom we should be applying to pretty much all communication in order for us and it to be healthy. So who can access our past lives? It helps to think of past lives the same way we think about our personal history in this current life. Who knows what happened to us in detail when we were seven years old? Just us. Our parents, siblings, friends, and extended family know pieces and parts, but only we know the full experience with all the details, internal processing, and outcomes. So too with past lives. These records reside in only one place, us, via our soul book. Everyone has a soul book, but this is not some separate thing like a purse or a wallet. It's a part of us, just like our hands or our kidneys. Fully half of our soul book is the records of every single past life, and we can access any or all of them anytime we wish, because they're us. But only we can access these records unless we give someone permission, period. To be honest, there's no need for it to be otherwise, unless an extenuating circumstance occurs, such as our temporarily taking on an embodied life. Because to be embodied is complicated, and we need support while we're here. So we give access to our soul book to a select number of other beings for the duration. This is done prior to embodiment when we're pre-planning the life we intend to lead. One of these beings is our teacher. Think of them as being Houston mission control while we're on this embodied journey, which is much like NASA sending astronauts to the International Space Station. While we're doing the actual work, Our teacher is monitoring what we're doing, giving us advice, keeping us on track as much as possible, and preparing to receive us when we get back. 
to keep track of us in detail and also to feed us support on the fly, they have full access to our soul book. Likewise, all of our spirit guides have full access, so no matter what we're doing, thinking, or feeling, they can track it in real time and see all the connections, plans, potential outcomes, and possible needs. This allows them to keep up with us, be proactive on our behalf, and set things in motion seemingly before we want or need them. No one else, not angels, other Akashic beings, loved ones who have crossed over, deities, totems, or any other beings have the ability to access our soul book without our express permission. They therefore can't know about, access, or manipulate our past life records, nor send them to us for some agenda of their own making. Knowing this can take quite a bit of the vagueness and mystery out of the equation. Only beings you know as a soul, have approved, and given permission to access your records can be the source of this information. So if either you or your personal team are sending you the information, then it's not so much a revelation as a reminder or explainer concerning something in your life now. But to understand the reason for accessing or reviewing a past life, it's first important to understand what the past life is, or rather, when, where, and who it is. In Western culture, our understanding of past lives suffers from, to be honest, a lack of education in both geography and history, as well as implicit bias. When thinking of past lives, the most common areas of interest tend to be in no particular order, Western European royalty or landed gentry, important or famous persons from Europe or North America and basically from the 1600s to now, ancient Egypt, World War I or II, Native Americans, life and times of Jesus Christ, Atlantis, Lemuria or Mu, and anything cool, fun, or exotic. Often the reason people want to know about past lives is because they're looking for anything tragic or horrific which might be causing difficulties in this lifetime and need to be healed, dealt with, or karmically adjusted. But the assumption is those lifetimes fall into the categories I just listed. The thing is, millions upon millions of people are living lives which have nothing to do with those categories, and which will, upon their deaths, become past lives. And this is not some recent phenomena. The categories most people are interested in as far as past lives are fairly narrow in scope, both in geography and time period. So when looking at a person's past life history as a whole, there will be many, if not more, lives outside of these areas of interest than there are in them, all of them just as relevant. For example, there are just as many people who had contact with Buddha, Muhammad, and Gandhi as those who did with Jesus. And if you come across a life where you were associated with any community of Jews, this could be any time before Jesus or after, including the 1500s when Judaism, and specifically Kabbalah, flourished in Spain, or in the 1800s in Ukraine when the Hasidim came into being, or any of the diaspora events which occurred between then and now in Eastern and Western Europe or the movement to return to Israel for the end times in the 1650s when Sabbatai Zevi was proclaimed the Messiah. There is so much history there which is rich in experience, culture, and relevance, but often misidentified. Another example, 
lives which include sand and desert are often thought of as referring to Egypt. However, they're more likely about the Gobi Desert, which is in China, or the Registan Desert in what we now call Afghanistan, or the Sahara, which includes the countries we call Niger, Chad, Sudan, Algeria, Libya, Mali, Mauritania, and Tunisia. They might also be focused on Petra, which has sandy desert areas with monolithic stone buildings. Most people don't access lives from Africa at all, even though the cultures there, pre-colonialism, were powerful, diverse, full of meaning as well as indigenous spirituality rivaling Native American tribes. Anyone who's looking for whether they've been a medicine person, healer, or wisdom elder should find lives on that continent just as often as in North or South America. The odds are high everyone has at least one life in the Ottoman Empire, and possibly had a life in Mesopotamia or Sumer, which was the time of Inanna as Queen of Heaven and a culture which was pro-woman and egalitarian. Many of us will find lives in Japan, which have nothing to do with samurai, some of which would be as Ainu, the indigenous culture of the islands. Others will have had lives where we were Shinto, the mystical spirituality of Japan today. When thinking of nobility, it's just as likely we were Mongolian as European, or Chinese depending on the dynasty. Or we could have been alive at the pivotal moment when Pakistan was formed, 14 August 1947, or when India regained its freedom, 15 August 1947. Any and every place you can point to on the globe, there are people who live there with rich cultures, important moments, and experiences which changed us and the world. While it's not possible for us now in this moment to become fully educated about all of this in detail, there's just too much out there to know at this point, what we can do is not assume. Don't be quick to identify where, when, or what a past life is just from a couple of clues and impressions. If you can, while you're in it, or if someone else is reading it out for you, ask specifically what culture, time period, and geography the life belongs to. If you can't get the information, then be a journalist and note identifying details so you can try and research it later. Context is key for understanding the message in its entirety and why it matters to you now. For example, while all hangings happen the same way, by putting a cord-type object around the neck of the victim and dangling them from it until they die, quickly or slowly, who is doing it and why really can influence the meaning. Hanging a witch during the witch burnings in Europe is a different situation from lynchings in Alabama, which is different from a hanging as honor killing in South Asia. This brings us to why this life is being presented versus that one. Because it's rare we would have had only one, which is an answer to our question or the situation at hand. And the answer is, again, us. Past life records work somewhat like ads on Google, Amazon, or Facebook. What we're interested in now, what we're working through, struggling with, or becoming, informs the information we see. The past lives we'll be presented are specifically geared to speak to us about our life now or respond to any request we have in our hearts and minds in the moment. As our minds are often out of sync with, well, a lot of things, what we see in retrieving past lives can create confusion as to what the purpose is for the experience once we've had it or what we're meant to understand from it all. Those who delve into their own past lives rarely receive a random sample 
general overview or past life experience which is representative of the whole. Because the information is targeted to the now like a social media ad, the lives perceived will have similarities or themes and may not be representative of the person's cumulative past life experiences. For example, someone who is trying to discover what past life is influencing this current embodiment negatively or what contracts and karma need to be resolved could receive three different past lives where they died horribly in accidents, political struggles, or due to violence. These are usually 0.0001% of all the lives a person has lived, but are the most relevant to what the person is expecting and or looking for. Past life reviews of this kind are not an overview of who the soul has been in its entirety, not a statement that the majority of their lives have ended violently, not a statement about lessons to be learned, harm which needs to be addressed, or issues which are intruding into the now. The information is being presented from dreams provided by our guides, readings with Akashic readers, past life regression, or even spontaneous vision as a response to our requests for help, support, and understanding, and is specific to each request. It's not pointing out a problem which happened in the past and has yet to be addressed, but often wisdom we've already gained from having gone through this experience before, sometimes under more extreme situations. If the problem you're facing, no matter how complicated or mundane, is something you've already learned how to solve or navigate, you can download this wisdom into your physical body. Often there's one particular life where you not only learned the solution, but learned how to implement it with ease so it became a habit. Think of this like learning how to drive. We don't learn the lessons of driving intellectually and then think we've accomplished our task and move on to something else. Driving is something we learn in order to solve the issue of convenient transportation. We learn to do it so well, we forget the individual steps it takes to do it and only notice them when something goes amiss or we have to use a rental car, which is a different make and model from our own. Once you know where the information is coming from, what the information actually is, and how it's related to you now, you can then choose how to incorporate it transforming the experience into wisdom to support this life now. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patron of honor this week, Lourdes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Terry Uptana. Thanks. Bye.